Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well, and welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Panel. Round three is hours away. My goodness me, there is a lot to talk about before we get there. Joining me on this episode, the 2020 DT champion, fellow coaches, panel co-founder and uh, group agitator. Let's go with that. Yeah, it's Rids. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, how you going, mate? Good, mate. It's good to see you. Uh, uh, And alongside me as he was most of the preseason, I've got Kane. Hello, mate. Hello, MJ. This is the biggest round of trades, I can honestly remember it all my time playing fantasy. Like it is full. There is options everywhere. Maybe it's the trade boost. I know you want to get into mm-hmm. that. Yep. It is crazy the amount of options, the amount of things that people have going through their minds and teams. Um, it's great for the game, honestly. MJ. There is that many Amazing choices for the game. It's just oh, who knows how it's going to go? I know there's a lot of people tossing and turning on fifty fifties and. Yeah, only this round will reveal it, I guess. There's a lot that comes in this round. If you play Dream Team and Supercoach, this is the week where prices start to move. It is a three-week pricing cycle. So if you go and check out the break-evens, which we've listed all the negative ones for you across the formats at coachespanel.tv, you can see the potential movements of some really significant price gains and some price losses. So it's where guys like Heaney and Cripps that have had blinding starts Now's the chance to get them before they move. And some premiums that have had poor starts now could be the chance to jump off before you lose some of that valuable cash. Want to talk about all those variables in a minute. Kane's already alluded to it. The trade boost in Dream Team and Supercoach, where you can have three trades available to yourself this week by activating one of your five boosts. We want to get to that. Um, I want to talk about the difference between chasing value and chasing points. We've got some ripper break-evens to get to. And then, oh, by the way, our Patreons, who we love dearly, have submitted a bunch of questions that we want to get to. If you would love to become a Patreon supporter, all you need to do is go to coachespanel.tv. All the links, you can go and check them out there at coachespanel.tv. Multiple tiers available to you and multiple different rewards, depending on what you choose. All right. The biggest question of the week. And I put out an article earlier today at coachespanel.tv is around what are the trade priorities that coaches are looking at? And Rids, I suppose it's hard to go really specific without knowing everybody's side, but generically, what are the big priorities coaches across the format should be looking at this week with their trade moves? So the first thing you want to do is you want to really fix up the mistakes, okay, that you've made. You might make, might have made a rookie mistake. You might have made um, a premium mistake, you know. You just need to fix that up before the price change. And that goes both ways. It might be a case of underestimating a premium that you think is going to be top five for the year and they're about to go zoop their price. Otherwise, it might be the other way where you've started a Cam Guthrie in DT and he's yeah. looking like the other way. So you just need to do that fix-it-up trade. Rookies obviously are absolutely imperative, okay? You need to get the right rookies to make that cash, okay? But if you've nailed 90%, I tell you what, that trade boost, and I know 
Kane's alluded and you've definitely want to talk about it. Mm. Wow, we it opens up those options, doesn't Apes. it? Just by pulling a trade boost. And I know that it's been introduced for other reasons with you know the Rona and everything else. Oh, I love but, it. But I think it absolutely opens up the strategy across the board. And it's been an absolute kicker. Um so we were talking about it earlier, MJ. So I'm just going to throw a quick one for you, okay? Let's just okay. say Nick Martin, let's just look at Supercoach for now. Nick Martin, if you miss Nick Martin, okay, from round one, you've actually got an extra week to wait. Yeah, you can you wait to now, bring him in. Yeah, well, he's not going up in value because he was off last week with the Rona. So suddenly that means that if you're looking at a bit of cash generation, then you might want to explore the opportunities of a Paddy Cripps or, you know, um, let's say a George Hewitt, um, let's say Sicily, let's say Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. yeah, you know, you can explore. You might have missed a Sherry. You might have missed a Brody, you know. You can actually explore that because they're going to make some serious coin this week, MJ. There's a heap there. And Kane, I'm curious on your take because – um, there are coaches in different positions. I know some of the most experienced coaches with this statement I'm about to make go, it's obvious the answer, but sometimes when we get ourselves locked into the 30 variables of our teams, we don't see the obvious there and we just focus on the things going wrong. So I guess my question is, if you've got a premium not performing well or a stepping stone, so guys such as Lockie Whitfield, who's been underwhelming, um, a, a good example also is that unique option in Guthrie that, that Rids mentioned, maybe you've got a Caleb Sarong that hasn't gone to plan. Dyson Heppel, MJ. Dyson <laughs> Heppel is a really nice shout too. If you've got a premium stepping stone that's not worked, what's the priority? Fix that or get the cow and keep copying the, the underwhelming performances? What's the priority for a coach that is in that space? Well, I think the tricky thing about this week, MJ, is it feels like we've hit on a lot of cows collectively for the most part, right? Like a lot of people have got Horn Francis, Dacos, Ward. We know Rochelle. Stevens is super relevant. Rochelle is doing really well. You know, you mentioned Sherry, Martin, Brody. Like there's a lot that people McCartan have got in the back right. line, yeah. And then on the flip side, the ones a lot of people have got wrong or haven't worked so far is Hoff, is Owens, is Mead. And they're at a really awkward price, especially if you want to go up to it. Baldwin. The Sherry or Brody. Yeah. So you're in a tricky spot. I think where a lot of people are looking, MJ, is the pre, is the stepping stones they've missed on first. You know, there's guys like McGovern. There's guys like Barry. You say miss. He's still doing well scoring-wise in Supercoach. You know, he's still in the mid-70s. But I think there was an expectation of maybe a little bit more. Or maybe it's just because the guys that are cheap, like a Nick Martin, that people have missed – you're getting 150k that gets pretty enticing pretty quick i think that's where people are starting yeah. they, they want a bit of cash because they want to ideally take two of these mid prices to a cow and a heaney or a crips when they're in especially in supercoach when you're in that sweet 450k range if you're getting a premium that's that you want you intend to hold for the whole year which i think is the expectation if you're jumping on those two guys in particular now you're thinking they're top. They're a top eight mid. They're a top six forward. The ones that make me nervous is a McGovern to a Brody. Yeah. You're getting thirty k, but there's every chance that 
McGovern matches Brody for the next two weeks. He was good like, in the preseason. It's, it's he's just, got the role. It's just such an he's got the role. You know, Brody's tunned up. He's doing it in such low time on ground, which, depending how you look at it, is a positive or a negative. If there's any expectation it could go up, you think there could be a bigger score coming. But it's also pretty incredible to be, you know, going at nearly one and a half points per minute in a format like that. Like, it's more realistic to even just go at one. Like, one is a good ratio, and that takes him to the 60. So I worry about those type of trades. I feel like you feel safer doing the two mid prices to a gun and a rookie. At least you know you're building towards the side yeah. you want. But Andrew, this is where the trade boost makes things super interesting. And I think this is where these big primos that people have started slowly, whether it is a Guthrie or a Heppel or anyone else, even guys that haven't gone that bad, when you can get 200K, 150K, and you think you might be moving to someone that's comparable, you know, for example, steel to a Crips in Supercoach has been something that people are heavily considering. And when you're yeah. getting over 200K to do it, all of a sudden that McGovern does become Heaney, you know, or that Heath Chapman becomes a James Sicily. So you can see where these combinations start getting appealing because it's sort of the natural rhythm of what your team is, isn't it? You've turned, you know, you've gone from one premium to two in two trades. But obviously we know the fear if that Jack Steele does what Jack Steele does. Yeah, if he goes lucky Whitfield does what he does. last week. So yeah, if a lucky yeah. Whitfield does what we know he can do and why people started with him in the first place, that's where these trades can be disasters. And that's why I think you need to be getting multiple premiums if you're going to be making a restructuring move like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's not a... Um, and again, this is a bit more super coach heavy, although it's very comparable in Dream Team, AFL fantasy coaches. This is some of the strategy that you can look and, and learn to use through there. But yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't be doing a steal down to Crips going, I'm just going to pocket the cash. It's like, what are you using that for, mate? Crips v. Steel? Sure, right now everything's been Crips, but Steel's not been great. In, and in Supercoach, he's still averaging 100, similar in Dream Team, and he's not been great. So uh, I'm I'm in that line of it's got to get you a one gun, Uber Premium, to two guys you think are going to be in the ballpark of, of the top line to really make it justified. Um, so, MJ, just before yeah. you go on, I just yeah. want to jump in as well. Like, we saw a lot of um, noise around holding premiums and everything else, mm. you know. And then what happened were people used one or two examples of, say, a Jaden Short or a Crisp. Jack Crisp from round two, okay? Oh, this is why you don't trade premiums. This is why you don't trade premiums. <laughs> but then in the next breath, we're seeing people go, oh, but do I trade Gorn this week? That's you know, right. And we know that's across the board. And it's like... Well, you can't have it both ways. What you've got no. to do is it's not just one rule applies for everything. If you're going to hold your premiums, you're going to hold your premiums. The thing is, you've just got to back it that they're going to come good. And we've said this. How many times have we said this? Price doesn't matter if they drop price. It 100%. only matters if you trade them out. That's right. So you're only compounding the issue, okay, by trading them out. Like that's when the price drops are going to matter. Now, the problem with this in AFL Fantasy, that is, now in Supercoach and Dream Team, I think this trade boost opens up such a new variable 
because if your team's set up correctly, you can actually utilize all three trades to better your team. And what do you mean by set up correctly? Because someone hears that and goes, my side's set up correctly. Talk me through what a proper structure is to really exploit this trade boost, not just I can do three trades. Okay, so I'm just going to throw one example out there. And you, you know I've talked to death about Braden Proust. Okay? There he so is. Put him on your bingo I'm, card, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just use an example here. And I know Kane and I have been talking about it and everything else. So I'll do it at a very high level and I'll do it as simple and I won't put any one situation in. But if you've started a Gordon Grundy or if you've started a Marshall and one of the Gs, um, and you've got Proust at R3. And if Proust is named this week, as we all suspect he will be, um, that actually opens up the um, opportunity to trade, say, uh, Grundy or a Gorn to another line. Because everyone should have a haze in that setup as a forward rookie on the bench. So you can always swing haze into the R3. And then you can look at other options. Now, but if you don't have Proust's R3, and it's always awkward when you say set up correctly, it's just, it, the ball, it's fallen your way in this occasion yeah, sure. and it works itself out. But if you've trading gone to a Proust, well, guess what? You don't have that direct trade to go gone to, let's just say Heaney in this Heaney. instance, okay? Um, who you actually absolutely want to. So this is why it's like you've got to have a look at your team. If the cards are falling your way this time, this might be the time where you go, you know what, I'm going to do that, free up a few hundred thousand, then I'm going to use a trade boost anyway, and I'm going to grab that rookie I missed, um, free up a little bit more cash, and I'm also going to go and better that team by spending that money on another line and doing an upgrade at the same time. So, and this is where it gets really, really cool. So you've turned Gorn, a mid-pricer, and two mid-pricers into two real keepers for the season and a moneymaker, if that makes sense, that you've missed. Yeah. No, so this no, is so why the trade boost becomes so important. No, I, I love that. That's, that's crystal clear for coaches. Kane, a couple of guys, I think super coaches where they've, always historically been good dream team though that they're showing perfectly fine scoring specifically Cripps and Heaney let's help coaches identify what's the difference between chasing points because both of those guys have been dominant versus chasing what they've become and do you believe they could be guys you could hold for the season help coaches coaches understand the difference between points chasing versus correctional chasing yeah it's a really good question mj because the, the hard thing about this situation is if you're trading into heaney and crips you're probably a little bit off the pace of the coaches that already have them such as the nature of how well they've started the season so you know as we always say only one person can win only a thousand coaches can be in the top thousand so doing the same thing as everyone else you know you're not going to catch up if you're already a couple hundred points behind on those decisions alone but the other flip side of that is when you've got players that are priced at what they're priced at in this instance, which is low 80s. And I think in Cripps' case, the expectation from mine would be 110 minimum from now on in Supercoach. Yep. And I think Heaney's probably 100 from here on sure. in Supercoach, putting those scores they've done behind them since we're not going to get them. 
but we are still getting that value. So I think this is a point where you don't try to go too fancy on those guys and avoid them because you've, you know, you've missed their hot start. I think you look at them as they're 450 odd K in, in a super coach format. They're such a cheap price. If this was round eight and they presented themselves and you know, we see it, someone gets knocked out on two points. We wait for them to play their two games. They bottom out and we all jump on and we all jump on because it's a great deal. And I think that's what these two guys are. I think it's still early. You know, your rank might seem a long way off, but we know how congested it is at this point of the season. And it was an interesting season in that there was a lot of consensus. Like you look at the teams, MJ, how many of them are Dunkley, Haney, Butters, Cornelio in the forward line? You know, how many of them are, you know, a combination of McRae, Miller, Steele, and then, you know, a Neil or a Crip. So, you know, two decisions here can basically be the difference between it being a thousand and being 30,000. Like that's yeah. just how tight these formats are. So where the, obviously the fun's going to be is, as always, trading and managing the buy. So I think at this point of the season, I think you've got two guys in Crips and Heaney that are top in their line. You're not only getting them top of their line, you're getting them at a price that's well below and allows for a lot of flexibility going forward. So I think those two guys, you just take them, but there is going to be a point in the season where if everyone's going one direction and you're behind, you are going to have to make that move. But I think while we're so early, you let your team run its course, you take these gifts, I would call them, Mm. and you just move on. But there will come a point where you've got to be different just to try to catch up. And, and you might, you're going to have to risk going backwards. That's always the case with those type of moves. But I think for yeah. now on those two specifically, they're just such a good deal. You just got to suck it up. You've missed the points, yeah, but you've got a good one coming forward. No, I, I want to talk about Bowie, Whitfield, and and also uh, about Gorn. Before you, guys you do that, MJ, yes, please. I do want to jump in and talk yes. about the value and the points chasing and everything. I was else. coming to you, yes. I, I thought you might have, because you've heard this many, many times <laughs> over the years. Don't forget, you're trading into guys. You don't trade their points that they scored last round into 100%. your team. Okay, so someone like a Brayshaw. Now, he's the intriguing one across the formats, okay, Brayshaw? Because yeah. I don't think anyone really, really would have expected him to be the you know top few Midfielder good, but maybe not moment. this good. Yeah. No, well, we would have all agreed that, you know, natural progression says, yeah, he was always going to do an increase, slight increase on last year. Yeah, maybe, maybe extra the the time on ground, extra minutes. Prio's got a bit of a history of um, kids being slowly integrated into their system with time on ground. But you got to be relative, okay? So there's still 20 games of football. So if you look at someone, and let's just say a Brayshaw in this instance, he's now priced at whatever he was averaged anyway last year. Whatever he averages for the year this year is actually irrelevant. It's what he averages from this round to the last round. So if you still think he's going to average from round three to round 22 at a higher point, price than what he is priced at right now that's value if you think he's going to come out and score 180 points every single second week then you're probably fooling yourself and you're looking at the points from last week 100%. sometimes it's much easier 
to trade into a guy who you think is going to average 120 for the year that's currently averaging 90 because that means that you're actually bringing him in at a higher rate than 120 to get to what you think he will for the season. Yeah, that's right. So it's just a little bit tricky. There are always, and we've seen it year after year, there's premiums that do fall off that horse and their averages go, they fall off a cliff and their averages drop by 30. I mean, Lucky Hunter's probably a perfect example last year. Yeah, two years ago, he was one of the best premiums, certainly an AFL fantasy and dream team. And now draft coaches can't even get rid of him. So you've got to base it on more than just what they've scored in the first two weeks. You've got to actually see what they've done. There might have been the way the team is playing. The, is he in the centre bounce as much as what he was last year? Is he doing the role you expected? You know, there's something. Is he moving the way he was moving three weeks ago when you selected him? You know, they're the sort of decisions you really, really need to make. Because I can tell you now, when I looked at Jack Still on the weekend, he was still tackling anyone inside. Yeah, 13 so, of the beasts, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's just that the ball hasn't fallen into his hands and he hasn't had those 30-plus disposals yet. So there's there's always that flip side, you know. Just because Lipinski scores 120 in round one doesn't mean he's going to score 120 in round two. No. You know, so you've just got to watch the game, have a gut feel on it and back yourself in. But again, that's what chasing value is. Patrick Cripps is an absolute perfect example in Supercoach, Rodeo. So he's he started the year at the same price he is now because the prices haven't changed. So if you still think he's going to average 110 from what you've seen and there's no reason why he shouldn't, is that going to be enough for him to fall into an M8? If that's the case, you've got real value there. What is that, Kane? I'm keen on your take on this. Say like a Tom Mitchell, who's got the role, and Rids made this as like a passing point. He's got the role, but the game style of Hawthorne has evolved a little bit, and maybe that's partially to do with opponents that they've come up against as well in terms of trying to exploit that. Does a Tom Mitchell type sit into this conversation where we're looking at a Whitfield and a Gorn, where they've been okay but not been disastrous, does a titch need to be in that same level of conversation of moving him on now while you can? Absolutely, MJ. I think I think those are the ones that make it a lot easier. You know, in his case, he's had an interrupted preseason. You know, he's missed a practice game. You've got a new coach. They're playing winning footy. And they're really spreading the load. They're not... God, you look at the numbers. If you didn't know the score from Saturday night and you saw just fan footy, you would think Port won by 10 goals. But it was actually the other way around. You know, Port had all the fantasy numbers, but Hawthorne, you know, did what their job is. They won the football game. Win the game. They were so efficient. So absolutely that's part of it. They've got an even spread. Again, at that club, there seems to be a lot of youth getting great opportunities. You know, Tom Mitchell's not getting 85, 90% CBAs. You know, guys like Ward and Newcomb, McDonald, you know, they're dropping guys like Shields, who've, you know, been great servants of the club. So there's clearly a plan there. And I think in Tom Mitchell's case, it's a lot easier than a Jack Steele. You know, Jack Steele, you think is going to be an absolute top dog. So you're always scared of what he could do to you the next week. He could put out a 150. I think in Tom Mitchell's case, it's a lot easier because you're going down to a Crips. You're telling yourself you're getting multiple premiums. 
you're getting rid of that mid price you took a flyer on. Uh, I think game style is the one thing we do have to be interested in. I think the other thing that we have to think of is we know as we get into winter, who are those players that often come home big? Jack Steele came home massive last year. JPK, how many times did it get to post by? <laughs> yeah. The weather gets tough. Joel Selwood gets yeah, wet. These guys. There's, you have to think about that. Think about last year. Who was the person flying out of the gate? Brandon Ellis. Yeah. Who was the guys in the past? Brad Ebert. These yeah. guys, hard runners. They get those massive mark totals. Yeah. yeah. Now, that can be a concern when you think about a Lockie Richfield because that's this is a type of year you'd hope he would be flying. But you've got to start thinking there is some types that, for whatever reason, start better or maybe they've just had those sort of poor scores. For me, it's not so much about who you're trading out. It's more the excitement of what you're getting in. Like, if you think Haiti and Crypto is as good as maybe I think they are in the in especially Supercoach formats, and again, obviously, we're going to focus on this these formats because it's a bigger week in Supercoach and DT than it is in AF. You know, we, know, we know that's just the case. This is the biggest week of the year in, in DT and Supercoach, in particular Supercoach, with the way the, the scoring sort of spreads. So I think that's definitely one you consider. But again, you come to game style for the two rucks. <laughs> it's not a chipmunk game at Collingwood anymore. It's a fun, free-flowing footy. And who's yeah. doing well? A lot of these defenders and a lot of these forwards and guys that get a bit of split time. It's not really going through the wings. It's, it's going down the middle. And, you know, Grundy's done a good job of putting supercoach points comparative to DT. We know Gorn's got a bit of a ruck share. We don't know what Marshall's about to go into if Ryder does or doesn't return. We saw Hayes get more opportunity in the ruck last week. And the Saints won. So it's a big, big melting pot. And that's where I think you're not so much... You know you have to cull someone, MJ. If At this point of the season, cash has not moved. So everyone's got the same total cash to spend. What I think you're more excited about is what you think you're bringing in. You know you're going to have to cull a big dog to create this cash. You're not just plucking money out of nowhere to take a mid-pricer up. Someone has to go. And it's easier for it to be someone who's got a big break even. Because if they do have another quiet one, you could be looking at getting them back in two or three weeks. And you've made maybe 200K in the move. Maybe you've, you know, you've gone to a bow. He makes his quick 120, yeah. 130K. Maybe Gordon drops it. You know, you time it right with the will. Like, you can see how these things move really quick. And all of a sudden, someone's an extra premium ahead of you. That's what makes this week so complicated. Is you're managing rookies. You're managing these premiums that are cheap that you think can be season-long keepers. And then how do you, how do you fit in stepping stones? And, and what role do they have in your team? And there's one more variable mm. when you're trading out a premium, MJ, that people don't really take into consideration enough. Yep. And that's ownership. Okay? Yeah, true. It's always harder to trade a premium that's heavily owned by the majority of the comp. Because what happens is if they do fly it's going to hurt you by not having them. Yeah, so, 100%. So it's, it's a lot easier to have that decision if you own a Mitch Duncan this week and you just weren't happy how he performed last week because he's got such low ownership across the formats. So it's, it's a much easier to trade that guy. You know, it's much easier to trade uh, Cam Guthrie in Dream Team. You know, these yeah. guys that have got low ownership, 
someone like a Gorn who's on 50 plus percent ownership across yeah. the board. And we all have history. Whitfield, you know? yeah. That's when it becomes really t- tough decision, you know? Do I go against the grain? Now, if you get that right, you're also going against the majority of the format and your ranking soars, okay? You straight get away. one or two of these straight right and you just go through the roof. And these are the ones where you have to absolutely back yourself in. And guess what? They fail three times out of four, but it's that fourth occasion where you really make up that ground. And I think it's coaches that get aggressive in at this point in time of the season. This is where the dividends will come for you. So 12 months ago, it was jumping on a Taylor Walker from a break-even perspective. It was seeing the role change for an Aaron Hall, albeit a few Andre, think about weeks Neil last year. year. Neil, Neil, another example. If you, if you if you didn't trade after round two, again for various reasons, it was a disaster. It 100%. was an absolute disaster. The price he was at, and then we know what injury came after that. It was a horrendous call. If if yes. you were aggressive enough and you backed, not that we have clear injuries, we don't think with any of the guys no, we've mentioned about sure. trading out. But what what if Gorn drops another ninety? Like. Then what are you doing? Well, you you've yep. locked it in. You're not you're not going to move, are you? Then you are locked drop, in. Drop seventy yeah. or eighty k, and that's why this gets so interesting. Is all of a sudden this cash in your team can change so quickly that if you get that move right, like Rich said, all of a sudden you're an extra premium up. And I'm going to try another name. Too- yeah, think of Tom Phillips last year. Think yeah, of another how, perfect mm-hmm. example. How many people? And he didn't held destroy your season, okay, but you held because he just wasn't worth, you know, cashing yep. in. And you think Close about enough to keep, fantasy. bad enough to throw. Yeah. Well, you think about fantasies, particularly, you start burning that cash in the first three or four weeks, and then you go, you know what, he's just not any value to trade. Guess what? The guy that did still trade him is making 20, 30 points more than you based Plus on cash. that trade. Yeah. You know, so it's that important at this time of the year, but more particularly for DT and Supercoach. You get this week right, you set yourself up for a good year. You're away. The board. Yeah, it does feel like the way to do it. Yeah, but if you get it wrong, MJ, guess what? You've still got time to get it right next week. And with 100%. this trade boost, you can really make up ground. You can make up a lot of red ground, you know, you can make up a lot of ground quickly, I believe. So, and you're going to have yeah. to live with it, MJ, aren't you? You're going to have to watch that. If you yeah. move on Gorn, you, you have to know that there is a chance he goes What's the risk 70. Here? Yeah, and you have to factor that into, as I said, if you're, if you're doing Gorn and a rookie or a mid-price at a Crips and Heaney, you're going to have to know what the, the possible outcome of that could be. You know, Because that mid-price, that Mitch McGovern, he could go 110 with Gorn's yep. 170. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, this hasn't worked out. Great. But on the flip side, it could go your way. You've just got to, as Rich said, back it in. Yep. Think of a few options. Think of yep. some backup plans. I think a big factor this year is we have good cows. We have yes, really we good cows that I think are going to be making 250K plus. Really now, good money. Yeah. You think about how much, how many trades. We've already got more trades. We've got more trades and we've got more trade boosts. We've got trade yep. boosts. So you know how many weeks you're like, 
I can't get all these cows. Well, you're going to have that ability now to even inject more cash into your team to time yeah. your upgrades even more. Get mm-hmm. that. How many times do we have three premiums that we want? We've only got two trades. Correct. There's a lot of options now. So I think you can push the envelope a little bit more because I think you're going to save trades just by the value that these cows are going to make. Like if you're, if cows are getting to 400K plus in Supercoach or, you know, 500K plus in AFL Fantasy, yeah. all of a sudden it's not your 150K, 150K. No. You know, you might save two or three trades just by how much these guys have made. You know, you might better ride them all the way to the buy. Like, I think aggress- aggression, I feel like mm. personally, when I've played that type of way, you don't really regret that much. What you do regret is you get to the end of the season. And you're like, oh, I've, got trades, I've got trades left and you're trying to pick a lottery out of, do I sideways my premium to this person or another person? And yeah, you're and what like we... maybe, maybe 20 points a week for four weeks. You make the right move now. That's right. Hey, if, you, if you've got... You know, if you do have Bruce and you've got Hayes in the forward line and you go, you know what? Gorn doesn't smell right. I'm getting two premiums out of this. You know what I'm doing? Yeah. I'm actually just going to go to Christian Petrarca or I'm going to go to Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. I'm going to take my 70K. It lets me do something else. Yeah. And I just think there's enough points that, you know, I think they're 125 guys and I think Gorn's a 110. Do it. Sure. Be, be on your way because if you get that right, 10 points a week for 20 weeks, whew, you're, you're looking like a genius. I, I think well, the, the other money, factor... It's cheaper. So it's just, it's so many options, MJ. If you make a call early, it's got a lot of time to pay off. Yeah. MJ, and Dream I've, Team, yeah, go. There's one other part as well. Don't do it because you got by a regret, okay? Yeah, correct. Don't go, That's you great. know what? I underestimated the 26-year-old mature age rookie for St. Kilda was going to come out and outscore Gorn in the first two rounds. <laughs> to go. Yeah. No one's going to predict that yet. No, but what you did. could have predicted was he was picked on merit, was Jack yes. Hayes. Okay? Yeah, and he was a scorer in the Sanford. He yeah. definitely was a scorer. He's got history. He's actually a very, very viable rookie on field option from yeah. day one. So if that's the case and you've got someone like that, you can actually be a little bit more risky when you've got two positions on ground. But don't yeah. go, you know what? I started Gorn, so I'm going to have buyer's regret now. I shouldn't have started Gorn. I've got a yeah. 100,000 guy over here that's outscored Gorn by seven points a round. Guess what? That's that's stupid, right? Yeah. Actually make it, turn it into a situation where you can reallocate that coin that you got in the rucks and utilize it somewhere like Kane just said to a Petrarca where it's no risk. And I don't know how many times I've said this to you on the, over the preseason and the years. Yeah. Why are, why is everyone in the world saying is someone so cheap risky is, are they a trap? That's that should never be in the same conversation. No, because they're low priced. It means that your expectation of score on field is low. Yeah, like that's just the way it is. You're spending money on the premiums to get that outcome. They're the risky selections, not the guys that are rookie priced. Yeah, I think that's good. And remember, for dream teamers and super coaches, you've got another new element this year that AFL fantasy coaches have got used to which is you have dual position players being added into the game. So 
before round six, so at the conclusion of round five, before round 12, and before round 18. So you will get to Kane's point, these cows that you can move, you will get Dacos in your back line. You will get Cherry in your ruck line. You will more than likely get a Horn Francis into your forward line. So it's great coaches look a month ahead to their move. So going with these trades that you're making, going, okay, I'm also going to get this here, this year, this year. Okay, so now the depth you might be building in a certain line will open up and free more opportunities. And these are all the elements that you're factoring into these moves and trades through the year, Kane. Yeah, that's the other thing, MJ. You've got to be careful in this period, I will say, is how confident are you? Are you just getting a premium for premium sake? Or what yeah, is your yeah. expectation? Because especially in DT and Supercoach, it's a long year. You know, forcing that upgrade because you've just got enough cash to get that mid-pricer to a premium. Yeah. It might sound good in theory, but sometimes even two weeks of patience and even yeah. just, it might not sound like much, but even 80K cash generation by that mid-pricer and an 80K drop of a premium, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, just say you've got a mid-pricer going at 50 and you think if I go to this person, they'll go at you know, let's just say 90 for sake of sure. argument. You know, yeah, pick a number. But if you wait two weeks, that mid-pricer goes up a little bit, maybe a defender drops down, say a Tom Stewart in DT who started a bit slower than, than usual, all of a sudden, you know, you can unlock a 95 guy. Yeah, well, that 80 points, it. that 80 points you made, you were ahead for two weeks. Over the course of the remaining 18, 19 rounds, that, that bigger dog premium chases that down in a heartbeat. Straight away. So that's, so that's the thing. And people do talk about, you want to make sure, and this is why people are fixated on who is the top in the line. Because mm. while value is important, and I think what people need to understand is value is different when you're picking your starting squad Correct. than it is in trading in the season. It's a that's very, good. very different really thing. Good. Because again, it sounds great. Oh, I've got another premium. Who's the premium? oh, it's, you know, it's Dan Houston. And you go, okay, that's good. You know, he might have to be a 90 guy in DT, maybe a 95. But maybe that person waited a week and they had the cash and they got Jake Lloyd and he's gone 105. Yeah. He said, Do you, you don't want to trade Houston. He, you just said he's a premium. You want to keep him for the year. You know, you've got him two weeks before, you know, you had your Ed Richards on the field or your Heath yeah. Chapman. And you're like, oh, this sucks. I can't watch Chapman get a 50 or 60. But sometimes that little bit of patience unlocks that real top defender or top premium in a line. And again, that 80 points you lost in the two weeks where you had to play Chapman, that's that right. big dog chases down. So straight away, yeah. don't just say it's premium and it's an open you know, class of a premium. Like make sure you think that long-term, if this is a premium, you know, my intention for that is you are keeping them for the rest of the year. So what do you think they're going to average? And is that enough? You know, is it better to wait? Maybe have to make another trade and get to Aaron Hall. Like Aaron Hall versus Dan Houston, that could be 20 a week. You might be 120 Constantly. up getting it early, but is he going to chase that down over giving him 15 rounds? So just be careful with that. Don't just think I've got enough cash. I'll get any premium. Again, the example this week, you know, is Jake Bowie. I think the key with Bowie is, yeah, it's good. When you're doing these restructure moves, again, it's all well and good to say you're going to trade Gorn or Steel. They've got a big price tag on their head. 
say it's just 650K for sake of argument. 650K plus two mid prices at 250 and you want three premiums, that does not go very far. The, the reason it's nice with Heaty and Crips is, you know, they're barely 900K between them. But that's still not going to get you another premium, is it? Like, you're not going to be able to take Gorn and a couple of mid prices and make 100%. three, unless you've got a crystal ball and you, and you know who that 320K player is that is going to average 105 from now on. I'm sure there'll be someone that's not even on our radar. You don't want to just settle for that. And that's where I think, in particular with his big score, Bowie's interesting to people is there's this mythical situation where maybe he just keeps going. Maybe he goes at 95 at this price and gets to really good heights. Maybe he struggles and he makes 80K, 60K. That's not great. You know, it wouldn't nope. be probably classified as a win. You'd be disappointed, but it's a quick 60 and it could be a quick 60 drop on the top end. And you've got yeah. that cash sitting in bank. And as I said, maybe you don't get Hayden Young. Maybe you actually get up to, as I said, Tom Stewart. Maybe you get up to Jaden Short. Or Jayden Jordan Short yeah. So don't just go, I've just got to spend it all because I want a premium. Yeah, Make sure you've got good. that expectation because as I said, that, that 30 or 40 points a week sounds really good over two weeks. As I said, if you've capped your scoring with a guy that's not a top tier guy, those top tier guys, chase, especially in the mids, MJ. If you yeah. if you miss on a mid in Supercoach in particular, Ooh. where these guys can go one thirty, yeah, they chase that down quick, smart. So just be careful with that. Make sure it fits, and if you have to use a stepping stone, I think Bowie is that one that people are gravitating towards. Towards Sherry's probably the other in the other end yep. of the ground at his yep. price. It's quick cash, and quick cash can be more important than more cash especially when you want to get to upgrades. So put that in the melting pot. And that's why it is such a complicated round. And I think the trade boost helps experienced coaches. Yeah, it does. They're not going to make a move that's just, oh, I've got a premium. It's Hayden Young. Maybe he'll be good. I hope he's good. Could just be solid. Like understand how you're going to use those type of guys. And yeah. don't forget, it's not a one round, one score result. That that's dictates right if that trade wins or not you know how many times have we seen it on twitter when some circumstance happens where someone gave some advice to hold that premium or to trade that premium or sure. whatever else then the next round they come out and as long as that score falls into that narrative of whatever that advice was people go oh, i told you not to trade your premiums and to <laughs> back them in and everything else but what about yeah. next week and who did you trade in so if you That's had right. jack crisp last week and you went, you know what? I'm not confident Jack Crisp is in the top five. I'm sure. just going to trade him, get him out of my team. I've seen enough to say he's going to have his good scores and his bad scores. I'm just going to go to Aaron Hall, okay, who I'm confident is the number one defender in the comp. Guess what? It doesn't matter that Hall scored 90 and Crisp scored 120 the next game. It matters what Crisp scores for the remainder of the year and Hall scores for the remainder of the year and how many trades you got. So again, it's very, very critical not to overanalyze one score. Yeah, I think that's some really good advice. Go, Kane, loop us up at the end here, man. The other thing I was going to say on that, MJ, is, as you would know, is how important is restructuring this time of year? Yeah, good. In in the forward, like, I know personally, 
I'm playing some premium forwards in the midfield because Sherry's going so well and Brody's going so well and Hayes is an option and Rochelle is an option and we've got Nick Martin this week. Like you're, you're trying to restructure. So there might be a reason that, mate, I, I moved on Gorn because I wanted to get, uh, you know, Hayes on the field. You know, I wanted to get Martin on the field. I didn't want to have to play, you know, a rookie somewhere else. So that's another element that people are going to make these moves and it has so many different implications. You know, it's, I didn't want to play, you know, Skinner on field in defence or have to worry about having, you know, McCartan on the field in DT. Like, have some flexibility where they go, you know what, I want the back premium instead of the forward so I can swing this all around and, and maximise scoring with the cows. So that's why it's so fascinating because people are going to be doing things for different reasons. You might think, yeah, that's true. that makes no sense. I would never do that in my team. Yeah, but in their team, they've got this piece. It makes sense have, for them. That has yeah. that flexibility. So yeah, really interesting round. Oh, I really like that. Rids, um, you know, you put it on the agenda for us for the run sheet to make sure we get to it. And I want to make sure we get to it. Lockie Whitfield. Uh, it kind of comes back to that point Kane made maybe about 15, 20 minutes ago about it's at the start of this year. Sometimes these outside players dominate early. When you think of outside players, Lockie Whitfield is probably one of the first names that comes to mind and yet for multiple reasons, he has not started the year the way coaches had expected. Is this the example to back in the premium because the role is there, albeit the scoring is not, or is this the critical time to make the manoeuvres that we've heard Kane allude to, to open up other lines? Where are you at with Lockie Wheel, specifically in Supercoach, but then more generically across fantasy footy in general? So there's a couple of things to this, and this is why I wanted to throw it on the agenda. So Lockie Whitfield, okay, if you took it as a one-off example of Lockie Whitfield, um, I think the way that the game is played at the moment, and I've watched Whitfield a bit, he had that little bit of a knock at the end of the first round. Um, he looked a little bit sore on the weekend. He didn't have his outside run that we used to have, but I really worry that this is the time of year that I expect Lockie Whitfield to average 100 until it gets heavy and contested and and everything else. But I just don't know whether the style of foot he has suited his role to be outside. Now, there's always examples of outside players who seem to still be able to just get that score when you need it. Jake Lloyd's probably the most obvious guy across yeah, the board. Yeah, perfect example. Um, it, whether it's raining, whether it's his tag, he just seems to get the job done. You know what I mean? Um, but Whitfield, and I don't know whether anyone else noticed, but he didn't seem to be playing on from the kick-ins. He didn't seem... I don't know whether he got disinterested or... Yeah, and coming just, in Perryman were almost the priority options when they did have that chance to play possession footy. And there was often, and I watched it on the weekend, and because obviously they played Richmond, so I watched this game reasonably close because I was expecting Whitfield to have one of those 120 games and be the one that bounces and his score looks massive. But I got really, really concerned about Lockie Whitfield. So this might be a perfect time if Lockie Whitfield becomes a Jake Bowie, okay, in Supercoach or Dream Team. That frees up, you know, the better part of three, four hundred thousand, which you can utilise. And it doesn't take much to turn a berry into a Crips in that instance. No. 
So what I would suggest to people is instead of going, I hate the way that stop focusing on one premium, have a look at your whole team. How's yeah, the, the team combination. Going? Now, who's the best person in your team that you can actually manoeuvre and re-structure? Um, I hate... I, I call it reallocation of money, okay, across different lines in the team. I, I don't think restructure is really correct because we're not going, you know what, we're only going to play five forwards this week and seven, you know, defenders because that's better. What we're actually doing is we're just reallocating the money across the board because there might be someone that jumps out. We didn't, maybe someone went, you know what, Will Brody's got a history of showing us heaps in the preseason. We just didn't think he was going to be as good as he was with that low time. And now that five, who was meant to play round one, was meant to play round two, now he's not. They're talking about, what, four or five weeks off now? You know, back operation. So there is a role there for Brody. Maybe he didn't know that, you know, five was going to miss the better part of this first six weeks of the year. So that becomes that Brody might be someone you've missed in that aspect you didn't believe Tristan Sherry was going to be the number one ruck for as much as what he was because Coleman Jones was in the team and Goldstein was in the team yeah yeah you know? it's these sort of types now but it might actually be you know what you got Gorn and Whitfield in the team but you're more comfortable moving on Whitfield because nothing that you've seen out of Whitfield is actually giving you any confidence and plus there's an absolute guy 400k cheaper that's jumping off the screen at you going pick me i'm a guy who's played nine games i'm a kid but i've got super talent and i'm going to make you a lot of money quickly in two or three weeks and there's every chance that this guy doesn't just stall after two weeks that he actually flies and he might be up up to round 14 buy option you just don't know yeah. how this works out you know so he might be the better one because there might not be anyone in your ruck lines that you'd want to take Gorn down and have confidence around that. So that's why I want to talk about Whitfield because sometimes he might be going, you know, I've got two or three of these guys that are underperforming. Who's the best one to move on out of them? Yeah, Who do correct. I have the most confidence that's going to bounce back? Because I can tell you now, and Kane's probably watched the footy games for Melbourne as much as anyone. Max Gorn is still looking like Max Gorn in those games. Yeah, I, I wouldn't agree. be trading him for any other reason than Jackson is going to impact or there's something that you've noticed that didn't really fill it. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be trading based off his score at this stage, mm. but there's many ways to do it. If there's a better reallocation and you like a better, cheaper option, or if your structure allows you to have a Bruce who may very well be named this week, come onto the ground and you're pretty much confident that he's an 80 ruck, even the right, you know, role, then you can allocate that coin onto another line, get another premium in. And it might be Petrarca, you know? And we'd That's all, right. like, are we really expecting Petrarca not to average 120 at the very least across the formats this year? He is clearly the best player in the league right now. Yes. But what, what happens there is, okay, we often then bypass the guy that we should be selecting because we've got the blinkers on for Petrarca. Now, I would argue that Clary Oliver might be the guy that you should be bringing in, not uh, Christian Petrarca. I think so. 
you know, uh, so I we've think got, Clary's the guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's like sometimes you can even pick another guy who's comparable to the guy that everyone else is bringing in, and it's a yeah. real point of difference. It's not just a point of difference to be unique. No, I, th- uh, I think that's some really nice stuff that you lads have really unpacked for people to to help them process through. I want to get to some of our Patreon questions as we look um, to wrap up this episode. Um, on the vein of that, Ian's asked a question in Supercoach, Kane. It kind of bounces perfectly off what Rids has said. He said, in Supercoach, is a Whitfield to Bowie and a Baldwin to Cripps the type of solid move he should be considering this week. Again, we don't know the other 28 variables, but Whitfield to Bowie, Baldwin to Cripps. What's your take? Probably, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see if you have a mid-pricer. If you don't have a mid-pricer, I just hate moving on those cows, MJ, when they're bottom price, especially someone like Baldwin who you know went straight back to the VFL and actually looked all right. Yes. That's my hesitation. I'd, I'd rather, especially with how loaded our benches are, like, take advantage of him as a loophole. I know he's on Friday this week if he plays at all or if he doesn't play. Sure. But it's, same goes for Hoff, same goes for Owens. Like, is that really the priority? Like, they can come in at any time and, and get their cash going again. How many times have people jumped right. off early only for them to come back? So I'd want to be maximizing someone that's got some value on their head. But, but I get the move. You know, you go into Bowie, who's, again, at minimum, probably a quick 100K. We think Cripps is comfortably outscoring Whitfield. I will say, think about how heated round one was for the Giants versus the Swans. Like conditions, all that stuff, that might as well have been in yeah. Like that was not a Whitfield day. That had some serious was a very heat narrow in that game. game. Yeah. And again, just to backtrack on Whitfield, he had 88 DT against the Tigers. So not great, I know, but what you want. But he's also not that far off what he's priced in DT. And that is a disappointing super coach score to get it into the 70s. But he had some horrible kicks. Like, he's a great kick. If he converts a few of those to targets or even scoring chains, yeah, like, that's, that's a right. ton. So for me, I don't see the massive priority. He's not at top dollar. Yep. But I get the move. Cripps, yes, you probably think you need to have him. You've got someone who's going to generate cash and quick cash. And we mm-hmm. don't know if Baldwin's in the team. So totally get it. Yeah, uh, dream team question for you. Rids Phelan has a question. Is a Zach Merritt owner? And obviously with him being out for six to eight weeks, that's a, a clear trade. Should Phelan be looking to go to the, the Took and the Brayshaw style player? Or should they be getting a little bit more value and chasing after Cripps or Neil? Help Phelan out, mate. What should he be doing? Uh, I, For a start, can I just quickly say... I think Took and Brayshaw shouldn't be ma- like combined into the one. Okay. okay. Took for me is an absolute captain option week in, week out. Every week, agree. Brayshaw at the moment has had a nice run where he hasn't been tagged, but he's the only Freo player that keeps him in the game week in, week out. He's also has a history of being taggable. So, Very yes, he's so. flown. Yes, he's a great kid. He's a great runner, everything else. I like the guy. I've owned him before. Reckon he's a great pickup. I don't think those two should be matched up. That's he doesn't play oh, early in the round often either, MJ. Like, that's the risk with Brayshaw. You'd love to throw Correct. a VC on him, but he, they often play so late in the round. You don't even get that. Correct. The Sunday afternoon, saviour. Yeah. Like, you are a free chance 
and with the attention he's got, and as Rid said, he is a soul hand. All right, well, feeling, I reckon Tuk- it sounds like Tuke's yeah, the guy. Yeah, go, go Miller, but I'm just saying generally yeah. with Brayshaw, that is the concern. Is like you can't even, well, I couldn't have massive confidence, especially when you've got big dogs like Miller, like Neil, like McRae in, that, in those formats. Correct. Like you want a VC, like you want him to, that, that was the beauty of McRae, is he pretty much plays the first game every week. He's the VC every whereas, week, whereas yeah. Brayshaw's, he's you know, Saturday night's pretty much the, the earliest he's playing. And that's yeah, the thing. Shout. So if you're going to go up, you've got to go to two. Okay? Go to the top. That's, yep. You go to the top, you go to a captain option. If you're going to go down, then that's only to reallocate those funds on another line and get someone else. Okay. Now, I wouldn't be going down to, like, I mean, let's face it. I He's flying. There's no doubt about it, okay, Paddy Cripps. Absolutely mm-hmm. flying. But... I'd rather spend a hundred thousand and go Lockie Neal, who's done it before, and in DT, yeah. And there's enough there around Lockie Neal at the moment. And again, he's flying too, obviously, but there's enough there to suggest that his time on ground is enormous right now. He's he yeah. has to be the fittest he I've ever seen. Yeah, like for him to be playing, we're talking about a guy who was like in the seventies, and he's he's in the nineties right now, MJ. Yeah, it's insane what he's doing. And That's he was a crazy. 105 guy, like a 100, 105 guy in that mid-70s time on ground. But if I he's remember, pushing the 90s. He didn't come off until the second quarter. Yeah, like, and I remember, I remember when he was still at Fremantle and we had a discussion saying, if this yeah. guy ever gets his time on ground up to 90%. He'll be a beast. He's going 115, 120, yeah. you know? And, but that's what we're seeing right now. So there's real trends. And I know it's only small data sample and everything else, but the fact is it's there. They wouldn't be throwing him in 90, 90 plus percent now. They would have been easing him into the season if there was any question at all. So, yeah. you know, he's the guy that jumps off the page to me is Lockie Neal, only yeah. because of that. Paddy Cripps, I don't know. There's still question marks around Adam Chera, in, how he feels. In DT, I don't know if I can do that. I agree. Yeah, I just don't Super know. Supercoach is I'd... different, but not DT. Would you, would you, would go... you prefer to trade to a dead cow or a cow rids its basement to make that happen? Would you do it? Uh, potentially. Yeah, I think so too. You have to think about it. Potentially. Because all the those fact variables. is... Kick. It's, that's exactly right. But at the end of the day, you still got to score points. Yeah, that's mm. it too. When you actually so, argue the loophole might allow you to do that. If you've got a DPP cow. Elijah Holmes be, type. Well, yeah. it could even, be, could even be someone you have no intention of. Like, Ever playing. Real basement, yeah. And MJ, we've had chats, okay, and you know my views. Um, DT is it's getting more and more aligned to AF um, yes. at the moment. Super coach. Sort of always has that different dynamic because of the different the scoring. scoring and everything yep. else. Um, whereas DT and AF has always been sort of aligned one, you know, one hand, one hand, like because of the scoring, because of this, because of that. It's pretty much the same thing now without the price changing, you know, after one. That's range. pretty much the difference now, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I actually think what will happen is the more senior, more um, serious DT coach with all this strategy that they've picked up with loophole options and this and that and points is going to start sliding into AF now. And you're going to see a lot more uh, strategy 
being applied into AF. And I, I've made the comment myself, like I've been more focused on AF this year than I have previously. Um, and like, I mean, I've already noticed some of the um, crazy trends that happen in the preseason, 30 green dots. I've never heard this in my life, MJ, because I've been always super coach and DT. And the first thing we always say is which position are we going to burn to have the loophole available? Yeah, leverage us? a loophole. Yeah. You know, yeah, in AF, it's like they're sort of a little bit slow to the party and they're like 30, 30, got to make money, got to make money, get even slow burns. And it's like, and I know we've been um, doing this for a while now, but in Dream Team, um, we used to have slow burns and we used to sit there and Kane was 100% correct with what he said before. How many times have we just sat on a guy and it's a basement rookie and then suddenly he appears in round seven, eight, and he starts making that coin because he's playing right. football. You know, I remember Dunkley um, did that. Was it Dunkley? In his debut um, season in 16, yeah. You know, he sort of came played a game on the bubble came back and it's like well you're wasting a trade to move him but in af from what i've noticed in my limited time playing seriously it's sort of like people are encouraged to make those little sideway trade just to have a heartbeat but you get stuck with a sam skinner type who sits there and he doesn't make money and he gives you 20 or 30 points when you do require him on the field and that's the worry. So you're going to see a lot more strategy being injected into AF when the DT sort of slides over in that. Yeah, when coaches with that. All right, fair enough. A super coach question for you, Kane. Jack wants to know, we've talked about Patrick Cripps a lot. He's looking at using his third trade, so that boost award up to a Cripper. So a genuine cow up to this kind of mid-price guy. He's feeling like they might, you know, make he's looking at it as the cash move that they'll make a similar amount of cash. Um, no, nah, MJ, no, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. There yeah. we go, Jack. It's it, it, you're not worried about cash if it's Crips. Like, if, if you no. want Crips, that's it's the for, the, for the year. I yeah. would not be trading Ward. It, a, few, a few little things in that game on the weekend that, that's a hundred. Yeah. Look at the DT, look at his super coach score, 30 point discrepancy. Do not be surprised the next week if it's 30 the other way. Correct. I would not be trading him. There must be someone else. Like, yep. I don't know who you've got in your team. You've probably got Whitfield. You've probably got a Gorn or a Grundy. There's, you, I can't see Ward. Like, you're spending 200K. 200K. I don't know where you're getting money. that from. And it, honestly, if that's, if you're in such a good position that you're thinking about Ward up to Crips, you might have actually just letting Crips go. Like, yeah. I, it, I just don't actually see how that, I don't know how you get the cash. I just think if you're doing that and you love Crips that much, you're dropping Find another, another way to get Dro- there. Yeah, I don't. Well, that's where the Whitfield moves come. Yeah. And MJ, but, this is just on these, these cows. And I'm going to pull up a name that's an absolute gun now in Took Miller. Yep. And remind people of his debut season because people probably haven't played this game as long as us, but this was Tuke Miller's first two games. He averaged 43 with scores of 44 and 42 in DT. And mm. Supercoach, he averaged 33. I bring this up because the next two scores 
across the formats was 94 and 84 in DT, 86 and 83 in Supercoach, oh. and 99 in Supercoach. For the next five games, he didn't drop below 82 in Supercoach. So you wouldn't believe it, but sometimes cows improve and there is nothing more painful than moving on these cows for $0 gained after two weeks for them yep. to go and make 250K plus, be fieldable, and the premium you trade into, who, as always, has a hot start, which is why you've gone to them, come back to her. So there has to be someone else. Send us your team. I'll find someone else for you. Do not trade Ward. I, I cannot MJC a circumstance where you, trading Ward is appropriate. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I cannot, I cannot see it. Just on Ward, he's got the round 14 buy. He's Perfect. one of the rookies with the best job securities. He's Good showing scoring. plenty. Now, he's got some very friendly matchups, okay, between now and his 14 buy. He does. He's round 14 buy. He's got St. Kilda. He's got Melbourne, who's given up points for mids at the moment. He's got Essendon. He's got Richmond. He's got Gold Coast. He's got Collingwood. And he's got Fremantle. Now, and he's got center bounces. That's it. And he's gone up center bounce last week. Like I think it was 15 last week. Yeah. There's... Uh, and everything's pointing in the right direction, isn't it? It's just... There's just got to be someone else, Rids. There's got to be someone yeah, else. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You've got to find another way. In the 29 other guys you've got... And you shouldn't um, be considering Crips if you're thinking about getting the value for Crips. Because if Crips no, goes up 150K, he's 600K, so he's averaging 120. Like, yeah. There's if, a very... If, if it's Ward as his biggest problem, his team, he must be ranked number one. You're doing well, Jack. If Ward's your That's biggest what I mean. problem, don't trade. You, you'll be you'll be laughing Savior. in a few weeks when this upgrades starts. If you've got Ward, there, pop, there must mate. be someone else. I'd actually yeah, love to you... see who else there is. Yeah, no, I'd love to send us rucks. a message, Jack. We'll help you out. Uh, Super coach question from Nathan for you, Rids. Is Luke Jackson a viable option to bring in for McGovern, or is it better to look at these cheaper options that Kane's already alluded to? So players like a Cherry. A Brody, I think most people have a Canelio, so let's not mention him. So, Rids, is Luke Jackson a viable super coach play? Listen, they're not even close to the same price range. Like, that's like me comparing Tooth Miller to like Josh Ward. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nearly double the price, isn't he? Yeah, like they're Jackson's very different. 390,000, and he's a forward ruck. Now, yeah. my question would back. To whoever that was, sorry, I don't know his Nathan. name. Nathan. Nathan is is Luke Jackson a stepping stone, or is he going to be a season long keeper? Good is he going to be um, your R three cover through the buys for someone who's at R one or R two that's got a buy that's not round Marshall. the same buy that's well, yeah, most of them have their fourteen. Yeah, which is they the issue, isn't it? They're yeah, all that's in half there. the issue. Yeah, like I mean, even Sherry. <laughs> and let's let's think about it now. If he said to me, um, McGovern and Cherry, right? That that's a that's like okay, I different get conversation. That. I understand yeah. that. But like, is Jackson viable? A hundred percent, he's viable. That kid's a stud. He's a beast. But, but I mean, this is why McGorn discussions rife right now. It's so hot, is because Luke Jackson's a gun. If Luke Jackson was fake. There would be no Gorn discussion right now. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I 100% viable. 
I don't think like isn't it the same thing as the Gorn discussion we're having right now? Is yeah, Gorn just the gonna reverse have of it? Fifty percent, or is Gorn going to have seventy percent? If you think Gorn's going to have seventy percent, that means Jackson's only going to have thirty. Correct, and he's scoring. But if suffer. you're more, Jackson's going to be fifty. Then maybe he is a decent. And that's the but... issue, isn't it, Rids? With a two-game sample size, is yeah, they've already come out and said it's matchup dependent. Correct. Whatever they think, whoever they think the matchup is, with how mobile move. those guys are and how athletic they are, they're just going to play Ford. Ruck, whoever, whatever they think they can exploit the opposition better. Correct. And think about this: not many teams have two rucks. Like Bulldogs are going with Mitch Hannon as their second ruck. Sammy yeah. Draper, they Tom Green, Tom Green, <laughs> Tom Green. Dunkley's been like, a little bit even Friday night. It's it's Draper and Peter Wright. That Essendon don't want Peter Wright in the centre bounce. Yeah, you think he's their full forward? Gold Coast played Melbourne last weekend. Okay, now Wits is actually able to man up on Gorn and play that role well. But have a look for Jackson. Jackson's mobile. He's like another midfielder in there. Wits just went, you know what? I'm just going to let you go. And Mm -hmm. Wits, that's why Wits... (laughs) Yeah, well, Wits actually was able to get a decent score across the board was because he wasn't actually manning up on someone. He just played like he did. like Because Jackson caused havoc. He was easily, you know, he was as good as anyone on that ground. He was the best yeah, big yeah. man on that ground by a long distance. By but a long the, way. They don't play Gold Coast every week, MJ. And I think yeah. that's the factor too, isn't it? Is we, we so often make that assumption, you know, um, poorly. And then we're also, the reason as well, I think people are attracted to not only moving going on for the cash is we have no rough clarity. Like we've lost Darcy, who I think everyone says, if Darcy plays 22, of course we all start with him. Like, sure. Whatever he does, the secret source of his game is Supercoach. Like, he can have 40 and give you a 120, like, from yeah. DT to Supercoach. Yeah, it's huge. You don't have confidence in Marshall. Now, there was great news about English today. If, you, if you're on English and you hear what Luke Beveridge says about, you'd have some we don't want to go back yeah. to Steph Martin. Yeah. Now, you want to trade him in at that price tag? Mm-hmm. Now, he's got Ruck Ford status, but that could change in a way. Like, there is no be, so, you know, I heard that comment today and I was a little bit intrigued, okay? They don't yeah. want to go back to Steph Martin. But guess who gets named as an emergency? Jordan Sweet. Sweet. So maybe Beveridge is playing a trick and going, well, you know what? We don't want to go back to Steph Martin, but we're very interested in going to Jordan Sweet. <laughs> so you just don't know these games that these coaches play. Yeah. Times, but that's why know? I think Rids people go, if I can buy time, with a Pruce or a Hayes, or maybe even it is a Jackson, you think, just let me buy time. And I can, yeah, worst case is a 90. I, I see the appeal, MJ. Or people I just say, I can get I get why. to Sherry as a, as a ruck? Can I wait the three can I get more three, games? Get more, three more weeks and around so five. I, I get it because you're thinking with the Gorn dollars, oh, Petrarca would look nice. Oh, Brayshaw would look nice in my team. Or oh, Miller would look nice. Like, you get that. because I get it. And That's guess an upgrade. What? If you get a rookie, because Jack Hayes doesn't play this week, you get a rookie flavored donut and not a premium impact. Best flavored. Like, seriously, like, that's how easy it is. And I've said it a few times now. And this is what we we're saying in the preseason locking yourself into set and forget. Like, whilst I agree in principle of it multiple times, it's not set and forget if you trade. 
That's <laughs> right. Set and forget, restructure, then upgrade, then sort of mm-hmm. sideways trade, then do this and do that. It's not set and forget then, is it? No. It's like they've forgotten the forget part. Like That's right. They've said, but then they've restructured and they've reallocated. Then they've jumped over here and then there's a bit of noise over there. <laughs> Just yeah. if you've gone that way, because it's been proven before, there's no reason to change it now. No, I think that's some good advice. Um, Craig's got a keeper league question for you, Kane. Going to throw it out there. If you were to consider trading merit in a keeper league at present, yep. who would you be targeting? Out for six to eight weeks? Yeah, yeah. It depends where you are. Like if, if you're in the window and, you know, usually if you're in the window, you, think you can find some some coverage. You know, you can, you for can six straight weeks. something. Yeah. I don't. These are always hard because Zach Merritt's a genuine gun. And he's one of these guns that I don't think is going to hit 30 and stop. Like, I think no, he's got a game. He'll pick up like, a DPP and fire he, elsewhere. He's, he's a Pendlebury type in terms of when it gets to the latter part of his career, he's just going to move to another role and be just... Yeah. Matty Boy type. Aaron, think, about, think about him in an... Yeah, great example. Think about him in an Aaron Hall role. Like, yeah. great kick, smart. So, gets a lot space. is the answer. Like, I'm going to need probably another elite premium midfielder that's at least 105 plus. Yeah. And I'm probably going to want someone that's, you know, got a DPP that might only hold for a year. Like you start getting to going, do you want, you know, butters and someone else? Like, yeah, you're going to have to really look at your team and and work out something But Zach Merritt's still one of the best players to own in a keeper league. He's just that good. Yeah. And he's only 26. Come on. Will you just hold him? It's like six you, weeks. Yeah, you cop for think. six weeks. You play some ordinary footballer for six weeks. I think it's different if it's lose. Tom Mitchell, um, but not if it's Zach Merritt. Not twenty six. Yeah. Not no. at one hundred and twenty history. No way no. am I trading Zach Merritt for anything. And yeah, I just do want him in a keeper league. Yeah, hold on there, Craig. Unless someone just just decides to give you something absolutely ridiculous. No, if they're offering you Petrarca and something else, like if they offer you Petrarca sure. straight up, maybe you sure. go, okay. But let's talk, but uh, they're probably not comes. doing that. Yeah, so. But you might want to test them for drugs if they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're about, exactly right. Uh, probably one of our last questions we want to get in. Uh, there's a bit of a thread with um, Lockie, Steve, Jacob, AJS. A couple of the guys have jumped in on this one. So um, Patrick Cripps and Lockie Neal in AFL fantasy. So people might be moving to them this week, although they've missed two price rises, Rids. Um, whether it be from a failed mid-pricer, um, is it worth still jumping on these guys now or are we only moving to them if we believe they're going to be guys to hold for the year? Crips and Neil, you know, for fantasy, talk to me, Rids. Okay, so I was really surprised with Neil's ownership, so... In AFL fantasy, but I would actually go Neil out of the two, but yep. I would be exploring around that price range and see who's dropped enough that comes into that argument as well. Because again, it's yes, it feels like it's a little bit after the fact. Yeah, they're about hundred k difference too, by the way. But I yeah, but the hundred k in AFL fantasy, I think, is irrelevant at times because often it's really a choice out of one or the other because they're saving that 100K to play next week. Sure. Because um, the use, and, you know, use or lose type of thought process they have. 
Um, mm -hmm. But I said it before, Neil's 90% time on ground. He's the one that's most likely to be the keeper for the season yep. in that format with the scoring. If it was super coach, it'd be a intriguing question. That'd be a very big all, conversation, yeah. Yeah, big, but it's not. It's AFL Fantasy. So I would go Neil and find 100000 extra next week to use that trade you know, somewhere else. Yeah. But I think Neil looks good. He looks the part. And he's got a – what's his break-even? 16 in AFL Fantasy or something, isn't it, from memory? Uh, 66 break-even this week in AFL Fantasy. Yeah, so there's that feeling, though, that at any point in time with the noise coming out of North Melbourne around, oh, yeah, we're going to target Neil, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I, I always worry when teams play against Hawthorne that Hawthorne believe that they can win. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I really do believe Hawthorne go into that contest with Carlton this week, believing they can win. Mm. And they've probably got the thought process. If we stop Crips, Cripper. we're right in this contest. Yeah. So I would be very surprised. And we haven't if... seen that mix as well. That's an easy one. To well, that's right. Yourself, we haven't seen we the Chera Walsh added in. Well, the full, the, the full complement, no. The full five. I'm going yeah. to throw a little curveball. Oh, yes. Tom Mitchell a few years ago was doing a few tagging roles. Do you see Tom Mitchell going to a Patrick Cripps in this instance? Oh, I could see a Warple. Mids? I could see Warple. Warple might be more the likely. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, Tom Mitchell's not been a ball-winning bull. Like, mm. And he used to do a job at Sydney. That's um, true. He did. He He's just about that big body bull that you'd want to play on a Patrick Cripps, although the height's a little bit different. But... Yeah, I mean, I could see... He's, smart. he's a smart footballer, isn't he? Very, very You're going to get to those spots. That's the thing that I find interesting is like the spots and how they're structured up. You know, yeah, someone of Sam, Mitchell, of, Sam, of Sam Mitchell's ilk, who's, you know, no, no one probably understands that centre-bout spacing and, yeah, and arrangement better than him. He's an artist. And, and, and they're Mitchell, not going to yeah. get... They've been so... Some of the clearances they got against the Dogs last oh. Thursday... How, how did, I know they were up by a lot, lot at one point and the dogs fought back, but I'm sorry, that should have been a 10-goal game. Like, that was – they were walking it out of the middle. Like, that is unsustainable. That is the thing with Cripps. Yeah. Kicked, kicked five goals straight. The contested positions is through the roof. We've got this new compliment. I think it's Neil. I think Neil is clearly their crown, crown jewel at Brisbane. We've seen Lions start coming down with his time on ground and opportunity, but – yeah, Cripps, I think he's just loving the fact that Kennedy's in great form. Hewitt, Hewitt's and now he's going to have Walsh and Chera. Yeah, yeah, like, and I feel like um, Neil's got that little bit of protection around him now. Whereas when he first came in, he was very taggable. Gets that yeah. I kill MJ. MJ they as well, they, they always but... look for him on that forty-five, don't they? Yeah, and he, he's doing that outside run a lot more. Yeah, he's, he's getting to that half-back flank space. as well. Yeah, you love the half-back yeah. flank. When he gets there, you know it's going to be a big day. Yeah, there's some Dane Swan territories of, of just work rate for an easy mark kick. Yeah. And the way that Brisbane rotates through that midfield with the Rainers and the Baileys and the Lions and everyone going through there, even Jared Berry, I, I think we sometimes underestimate how much of a role Jared Berry plays. For he's very important for them. Defensively, he allows Neil to do what he does because he's playing his role. So, and that's why I've always been a bit iffy about whether Jared Berry would be a good pick or not this year. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, he does. He releases Neil to be that guy. So it's it's a great great conversation 
they maybe one day will explore it further. But Neil, for me, in AFL fantasy. Yeah, some some really good thoughts. Hey, lads, an absolute bumper episode. Like we said at the top, though, these are, if not the, it's one of the most critical weeks of trading for coaches this year. So we we did want to take that extra little bit of time to kind of drill down on that there. Hey, Kane, as always, made an absolute pleasure and appreciate your work. Thank you. Thank you, MJ. Enjoyed it. Uh, Reeds, you're a superstar, my friend. Thank you for all the advice you've dropped throughout this episode too. I like how you just made out that we actually plan to run over time and it wasn't the fact that I'm in isolation and I just haven't talked to anyone all day. <laughs> so I'm just rambling a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Human contact. Yes, bring it on. No, it's awesome, mate. We certainly wish you well. Uh, Reeds will be busy on the Facebook and the Twitter handles for us, ladies and gentlemen. So send some DMs. Keep the brother busy. Over well, the I'm up to hand- day zero, MJ. So oh, day, day zero one. of the Rona. So we've oh, got another seven what, days of this. I might your be football analysis will be through the roof because uh, oh, you mate. will be watching every second of it. Yeah, ask me any question next week about stats and stuff, and I've had plenty of time to research it. Like, oh, I mate. research every week for the pods. So. No, you do not. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, mate, a pleasure. If you guys want to go and check out any of the other previous podcast episodes we've done right throughout the year uh, or the preseason, you can go and check them out wherever you're getting this podcast episode. We also drop a special podcast early in the week for our premium tier Patreons. It's with me as I review the round of footy. That's just one of a many bunch of absolute uh, rewards our premium tier uh, patreons get if you want to become a patreon at any level all the links for that are at coachespanel.tv which is also where we're dropping articles all the time break even some strategy stuff and from next week the official ultimate footy positions will start to move as well round three six nine twelve 15 uh, we've got the uh, exclusive reveal for you from ultimate footy and we might even convince jimmy to jump back on a couple of podcasts with me to be able to talk you through some of those moves so there's a lot happening for you still this season in 2022 good luck this week i hope your captain kills it i hope you win rookie roulette and we can't wait to chat to you all again next week good luck from all of us here at the coaches panel. Yeah,